The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Buckets, Boards and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Monica is a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a three in transition and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. King is a former three and D Baylor baller whose idea of a good time is locking down the other team's best scorer. Monica, King, let's do this. Welcome to Buckets, Boards and Blocks. I'm Monica McNutt and he is King McClure. Um, Wednesday night was the NBA draft. Bruce is here too because draft night was always his favorite night of the year. Bruce, how come? Because this is the first draft since 2002 that I haven't been a part of. So uh, I had 15 straight years of working with the commissioners backstage, pushing them out there with the picks, pull, holding them off when they weren't ready. So uh, in the last couple of years, I worked for the league. So to me, it's the great, great night because you see all these wonderful young men have their dreams come true. So, yeah. But it was fun to watch on TV as well. Definitely. Um, virtual draft this year. <laughs> mm. As, mm, okay. Virtual draft this year. Uh, King, hi, bud. You did such a great job last week without me. Uh, you know I had to hold down the fort with, as Bruce would say, the queen out. So I had to do what I do. And, uh, you know, Bruce, Bruce held it down, too. You know, don't, I, I can't take all the credit. Bruce was a spectacular co-host. I'm just a caddy, man. I'm just, I'm carrying your bag, you know? <laughs> you guys are doing great. All right, so the focusing back here, Wednesday night NBA draft. With the number one pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves selected Anthony Edwards, Georgia King. What were your thoughts? Are we surprised? I mean, honestly, he might be the best player. You know what? I'm not going to say might. He is the best player in the NBA draft. Uh, draws comparisons to James Harden. And when you draw comparisons to James Harden, you know, you got to be a pretty spectacular player. I don't know if you're going to win a lot. No shade. But. <laughs> shady, actually. But okay. <laughs> Definitely but, Shady. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're gonna produce. He's gonna put up numbers. Um, I really like the pick. I mean, with D'Lo and and uh, Anthony Edwards in the backcourt, um, Carl Towns in the frontcourt, looking at a pretty solid young roster that's going to go together and just get better. They probably about two more pieces away though. So Tuesday morning on MSG AM, my latest venture. We actually had to do a wake up or snooze on LaMelo ball going number one. And I actually snoozed on LaMelo because I said, Minnesota already has D'Angelo Russell. And then if you were to say James Wiseman, well, you already got Carl Anthony Towns. And so the middle ground was one Anthony Edwards and voila. Uh, in that show, they pumped out these little stats on Edwards though. 32 games at Georgia, 19.1 points per game, 40% from the field, 29% from the three point range and five points to rebounds. Here is my one Qualm, and basically everybody that I get drafted tonight is some sort of project in some context with incredible potential, right? Like they are not 
at the peak of their careers. But to me, Anthony Edwards' basketball IQ is questionable. Maybe it's because he was the premier guy on that squad, but he seemed like a wrecking ball to me, just jacking, like, every time I saw him play. I mean, hence the James Harden comparison. Yeah, he he doesn't shoot as well as James Harden, though. He doesn't shoot as well, but he jacks shots. He was on a bad Georgia team. Um, where he had to do, he had to take a lot of tough shots, kind of similar, not as extreme as Cole Anthony, uh, but kind of similar scenarios. They were both the main guys on the team that, frankly, the teams were just bad. So they had to shoot up a lot of bad shots. So it'll be interesting to see when you have guys around him who can actually, like, play the game and actually pretty talented. Can they set him up and make him look better? I know there's no I know there's no such position as power guard, not like power forward, but that dude looks like a power guard to me with his with his body and his style of play. I mean, you you said wrecking ball, right? He he definitely looks like a battering ram. I mean, if he's going to keep going to the hoop, he's going to get some guys in foul trouble, I think. So, uh, we'll see. I mean, like you said, everyone looks like a project this year. He's going to hey, Bruce. Yeah. Bruce, we 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 we've coined the term because I'm one of those you know power guards. We've coined the term big guards. That's what we like to call ourselves. Um, but I fit in that category. We're called big guards. That's uh, that's that's the, that's the new phrase. You know, we like to put Bruce on game and put Bruce on our lingo. <laughs> big guards. Boy, that ain't yeah. new. That is not new. <laughs> power guard sounds like a brand of deodorant anyway, or something. I don't know. Uh, I like power guards. Don't let King shame you. Uh, okay, so quickly, number two. Now, first of all, we want to take a minute. Wednesday, the day after draft, literally within an hour before the draft, news broke that Clay Thompson suffered an injury that some have reported was an Achilles. We haven't gotten an official report from the Warriors, but it doesn't seem to be good anytime NBA players are already tweeting out their prayers and well wishes. So, Speedy recoveries for whatever's going on with Clay, that would just suck to be injured in back-to-back years. But the Warriors had the second pick. There was question whether or not they would hold on to it, assuming that they were going to get Clay, Steph, Draymond back. They still had a really strong core to contend. That news, do you think it altered their decision-making, King, and going with the pick and holding on to the pick and drafting James Wiseman at the second um, uh, I, I don't think it really had that that much of an influence on the pick. I think they had their mind made up because when you look at their roster, they need a five. They, they, they need a big man who can um, keep it very simple. So James Wiseman is going to be asked to do very little this year. Uh, rebound, play defense, catch lobs, uh, be able to just get easy tools, not, not do anything out of his character. Um, he's very, very talented young man. And I think they'll definitely grow them. They'll definitely work with them. Steph and uh, Draymond will Steph will make them look very good because you have to double off Steph a lot, especially when he's setting down screens. Um, but I think I think that's a smart pick. You know, get a young big um, who can, who you can develop and turn into like the next. You know what? I don't know who who I would compare him to honestly. I've seen, uh, you know, just basically looking at his physique, okay, I see a little bit of Dwight Howard, at least from the standpoint of having a really powerful big frame. I don't know if he's going to be Dwight Howard or not, but uh, Dwight was a pretty good defensive player for ever. I mean, 
I seen them on a video this uh, summer. One of my former teammates, I'm not gonna name any names, was guarding them on the perimeter. And he hit my man with a nasty crossover, came down the lane and flushed on him body to body. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, James Wiseman is a little different. That, that's, that's not normal as him. But uh, so he can put it on the ground a little bit. So maybe with Dwight Howard who can put it on the floor a little bit. I mean, that sounds like a little, that sounds like a little, like 2K type of unreal. I, yeah, it does. But I also hope that we mean the new and improved and evolved Dwight Howard and not so much reliant on the post-up game Dwight Howard of early in his career. I like that. I like that Wiseman's a lefty also. I always like guys that, you know, kind of a little bit unorthodox. Plus, he knows Steph from a long time ago. I guess he went to Steph's camp back in the day. So they have a previous relationship. And also, too, I mean, for a guy like that, who's such a young kind of unproven guy, just what he's going to be able to learn in practice going up against Draymond and, and those guys and just kind of being well coached and have good, solid veteran teammates. Sounds like a pretty good situation for that guy to be in. Definitely. All right, so to round out the big three would be LaMelo Ball, who um, does not have bragging rights over his brother Lonzo. I know y'all saw the interview where he said he and Lonzo go back and forth over who would be one and two. LaMelo, you came in third. You're still the youngest <laughs> of three. LaMelo's going to Charlotte, and I loved the joke on Twitter that the matchup between LeVar Ball, his dad, and Michael Jordan was that much closer to coming to fruition because LaMelo now plays for Michael Jordan's team. Thoughts on this one? Certainly, Charlotte needs talent, right? I mean, you know, they, they, they need anybody who can play. And uh, LaMelo looks like a guy who can play. His passing game seems to be amazing. Hopefully, there's somebody for him to pass it to. Yeah. Uh, that's it's going to be interesting to see what's going on down in – who am I thinking of, King, the point guard down there that played really well this year and should have been in contention for most improved from Kansas? Who am I thinking of, y'all? Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham. Yes. Um, LaMelo's bigger than Devontae, but obviously Devontae has a little bit more of a polished skill set. Well, in general, what do you think of this selection? Um, I think this selection says that they do not want to go with Terry Rozier anymore. Um, I think the guard out of the Celtics, um, he was projected to be that guy that Devontae Graham was last year. However, Devontae Graham showed up. Rozier did not. So you go get LaMelo, a younger, more talented, uh, bigger guard that tells you that Terry Rozier is out the mix. However, I mean, I think that this team is young. I think that they'll be good in the future, especially when you look at P.J. Washington, Dallas, Texas product. Uh, Miles Bridges, um, they, they have some pieces that could be good. It'll take them a little bit longer. Um, but they have a few guys who, 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 who are talented, and I think they're heading in the right direction. Michael Jordan is finally uh, drafting well. <laughs> mm, we will certainly find out. I don't I don't know if I think that they're completely out on Rozier. It's going to be interesting to watch it unfold, but I'm not quite at completely out. But it is definitely something that raises a few eyebrows for sure. All right, so um, those were the top three that everybody was locked and loaded on. Beyond that, it started to get a little, little interesting. Quick rattle off of the top ten, the lottery. 
match. With the fourth pick, the Chicago Bulls selected Patrick Williams of Florida State. Cleveland took Isaac Okoro of Auburn. Atlanta with Onye Onkongu of USC. Detroit took Killian Hayes at seven. My New York Knickerbockers, a.k.a. my J-O-B. Shout out to them. Took Obi Toppin at eight. Washington takes Denny Avidia out of Israel and Phoenix, Jalen Smith of Maryland. In the lottery, King, beyond the top three that we just discussed, which, what jumps out to you? Um, I think, uh, here is my question. I feel like a lot of these picks, when you look at a lot of these picks, well, a few of them, they're taking guys where you already have somebody in that position. So it's more so like a, we're going to get him and we're going to bring him off the bench type of thing as opposed to, oh, he's a top 10 pick. You know, most top 10 picks, you expect to start immediately. Well, these guys, like for instance, on KFUSC, you went to Atlanta. I don't even want to pronounce the name. They already have Clint Capella there, who's making a lot of money. They do pretty much the same thing. So if this kid is going to come off the bench, because you can't play him at the four, especially with the way today's game is going. So he has to come off the bench and play behind Capella. We also saw that with uh, Tyrese Halliburton. They already have DeJounte Murray. They have Derek White. So you bring in Halliburton. Yeah, he fits in, but he's playing behind two good guards. And we saw that one more place I forgot. However, it's just interesting to see, like, a lot of these guys, they're trying to stash and trying to – uh, basically just develop and not really expect them to produce immediately. Wait a second. I lied. Halliburton went to the Sacramento Kings. That's what I meant because D Fox is there right now. So it's, it's interesting to see that like they have two point guards right there because the, uh, the Spurs. There, it is two point guards. I, so here's my thing on that. I think that's a great observation. And if we just went through that top 10, I agree with you. As much as I love Obi Toppin, I was kind of like, Wait, there's already sort of a lockdown. That, that, that was the third one. That was the third, oh, we topping. Was the third yeah. one. Okay, but here's the thing. You know, for, so the draft is on, was on Wednesday night. Friday, free agency officially opens up. So I feel like there's a chance that some of these teams, I know the Knicks probably will look different in particular, but there's a chance that some of these teams could change. And I do think that we can't forget, even though we were excited about draft night, the overall narrative on this draft class was that it was not particularly strong. So I think it's okay if guys have a chance to sit, groom, and grow, and we don't see the real products of this draft for two, three years. I mean, I think that, that that's another key aspect. I think this draft, what the draft picks are telling you is like what is going to happen for Friday when, when, when free agency opens up. Like, for instance, they mentioned on the show, on the, on the coverage, that De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Hill do not want to be in Sacramento. They don't know if that's the long-term place they want to be. So as a result, you can play two point guards. You can have two point guards, or they might expect Tyrese to be the main point guard and trade D Fox. So I mean, you, 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 like you said, we really don't know. Like I guess that that's a fair point. We really don't know because we'll see what happens when free agency comes. Because they, the Hawks might trade uh, uh, big fella Clint Capella and let O Big O from USC be the starting five. So. I guess we'll see really what happens on, on free agency. Good point, Monica. Bruce, you, yeah, go ahead. You've done this far more many years than we have. However, we are all doing this wonky, tight turnaround draft, immediate free agency, one week till training camp 
2020 draft together. What are your thoughts? I, you know, I was kind of surprised Atlanta took Onyeka Okongwu, even though he's really good. Because in addition to Clint Capella, they also have John Collins too, who's mm-hmm. a, who's a who's a big dude with with big hops and above the rim game. So it seems to me like Atlanta's trading somebody. And I had heard some rumors that maybe Gordon Hayward might end up going to Atlanta. And if Boston got back John Collins and something else, John Collins is is I really I've always liked that guy's game. I think he's really good. And I think he'd fit in great, you know, on on Boston. Um, as far as the Knicks, I mean, Obi Toppin, I mean, he, I don't know if those were tears of joy or if those were some other kinds of tears. Oh, cut it out. <laughs> those were joy tears. He's a New Yorker, baby. I know. I know. I just could, I couldn't help it, Monica. You know, I'm not on the Knicks payroll, unfortunately. But, <laughs> but I can sympathize with people who are. So I you know whatever sorry if i if i if i if i hurt your career there i apologize it's on me she had nothing to do with that james <laughs> no i think we're all good um with that 23rd pick the Knicks took a guy out of israel but from what i understand that pick is actually going to be traded to minnesota so i'm curious to see what else they do in the draft but beyond that you mentioned a good point bruce uh and some trade news that we are eagerly looking forward to and that we've already seen leading up to the draft just starting on monday when the market sort of was open one of them being danny green uh first he got moved from la to okc now he's going from okc to philly in a deal with al horford who's gonna go and be a member of the thunder i like this deal personally i like it more for philly than i like it for okc but i think danny green opens the floor and they need that so bad in philly he's a terrific shooter I mean, you could look at it like this. Danny Green played for the Raptors. Yeah. And Lakers this year, championship. Championship. I mean, Philly is Championship. Mm-hmm. Three rings. Got one with San Antonio also. San Antonio. I know I'm talking about previously, the past two years. Oh, yeah. yeah. Back, back to back. back. So does that mean, you know, the 76 <laughs> championship this year? Is Danny Green the secret sauce? <laughs> he might he might be you know that trade really i was scratching my head on that one for okc because here's why right mm-hmm. they they traded chris paul to phoenix all right and we know how valuable he was to their team so that was a salary dump right i mean he was scheduled to make 85 or 86 million over the next two years al horford has one of the worst contracts in the nba he's got three more years at you know, around $90 million total. So the only thing I can think of is, A, they're going to turn him around and send him somewhere else, or B, they're willing to take on that salary because they know they got a young team. And Al Horford is a great leader. He's a great locker room guy. He's a great chemistry guy on the floor. He was always kind of a a, 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 a chemistry, uh, you know, guy in Boston. He can He could fit in in any spot, really. So that's the only reason I can think of for OKC to take on that money. I didn't even think about that side of it, Bruce. You're right. Hmm. But he's a but he's a great but for a young team, right? For an up and coming team, he's exactly the kind of guy you want in practice every day. You know, I mean, Miami's kept um, uh, uh, the old dude around. What's his name? Sorry, Udonis. Yeah, yeah, Udonis Haslam. 
for that reason. That's why he's still on their team to help guys like, you know, Bam and those young guys. So maybe this is strictly a, a chemistry play for Oklahoma City and or, you know, maybe they're thinking he's going somewhere else. You mentioned it, though, Bruce. I think the biggest news at the top of the week was Chris Paul going to Phoenix. I personally loved this because, again, Chris Paul is similar to what you just talked about in Al Horford and Donis Haslam. Strong character, quality leader of a dude. And I think it's dope to that he's reunited with Monty Williams. They were together when Chris Paul was in New Orleans. Monty was an assistant. Obviously, we saw the magic brewing in Phoenix under Monty Williams. We got a glimpse of it in the bubble. I think CP3 takes us to the next level. What do you think, King? I, I, I love it. I, I really think that Chris Paul is going to, I think we're going to see like a jump from Devin Booker. You know, we even saw like Devin Booker show glimpses of what he could do in the bubble. But I think even right now with CP by his side, I think CP is going to take Devin Booker to the next level to the point where he might be a top 10 player in the NBA next year, especially with him and DeAndre Aiden. He's about to save these young guys' careers and, and turn them uh, upside down and try to really, really elevate them and get them to that next level. Because CP3 is a type of leader. Like We saw what he did with OKC and how he was able to push those guys and stretch those guys out. Now you're dealing with a, a more talented, like more talented young guys in the Suns. Hey, I think this is a super smart move for the Suns and it will pay off. My I think you're right. I think you're right. I think I think he is going to ignite Aiton's game because Aiton's going to get six or eight points a game just by catching alley oops from <laughs> from CP3. I mean, if, if Booker if Booker's not scoring, then Aiton's getting an alley oop, and uh, that dude I think is going to really be a breakout player next season. DeAndre Aiton, my boy Justin Tinsley, who writes for the Undefeated, uh, already put it out there that Devin Booker would be the leading scorer next year off strength of the addition of CP3, which I don't think is too wild. I could totally see that. I could totally see that. James Harden, but I don't think that that's too far-fetched. Top three, probably. Maybe not number one, but top three for sure. Okay. It'll be great to see. It'll be great to see Phoenix back in the playoffs because they are going to be a playoff team with CP3. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so other big news. It seems that Houston, we have a problem, a little bit of a revolt, shall we call it, from the Rockets. Harden and Westbrook allegedly both want out. There were reports swirling this week that part of the reason so much tension was being voiced and guys wanted to leave had to do with ownership um, and Tillman Fertitta's relationship with Donald Trump or supporting his campaign. This one was, was really an interesting one to unfold. I'm not even quite sure where we want to start on that. Hmm. Well, I think um, I've done a lot of thinking on this. And um, I think that's just like, because at first I'm tired of the whole political conversation. I, I'm right there with you, Monica. Tired of all the politics and everything being thrown in the air. Um, I think it's just like, it's not that serious. I mean, yeah, my man is a Trump endorser. That's $50 million. I mean, you can look at it one of two ways. He doesn't need the money because he has a crazy contract with Adidas. But then again, bro, you you could be the highest paid NBA player in the the league right now, 50 million a year. And you say no, because 
your owner was a Trump supporter. It's not that serious. I mean, truth be told, out. Who cares who he votes for? Like, it's cool. It's fine, dandy. But at the end of the day, like, that's your money. That's that's $50 million in your pocket. So I guess he feel like he doesn't need it. But if that was me, I'm taking that money and saying, I don't care who you vote for. Okay, so I didn't do the best job of seeing that up because you're right. The other piece of this puzzle is that Harden's alleged preferred destinations are the Brooklyn Nets, where we would have a super Uber 3. I don't quite know how that would potentially work with KD and Kyrie. Or the Philadelphia 76ers, which I think I could see a little bit. Obviously, it means that probably Joel or Ben don't stay and one of them ends up in Houston. But to your point, I think we are in a very unique time. And in a way, it's sad that our former administration has been so divisive. But on the other hand, I do think in order for us to move forward as a country, as sports people, there has to be a way in which we can see one another's differences and expect and respect them. But I think the baseline of that is that we have to first respect one another. To me, if Fertitta has dealt with you, with res- treated you with respect, never dehumanized you, um, I, I, is it okay to disagree? I, I think we want to see politics as one size fits all. And just because you pick up this thing off of a politician's menu doesn't mean that you subscribe to the rest of those things. I could be totally wrong. And I'm not gonna say that money is the end all be all, but I think when you sign a contract, even for you and I and what we do, there's always gonna be compromises that we have to make in life, right? And so I think you have to have your personal ethos and your creed on what sacrifices you're willing to make. I'm not 100% sure that I'm on board with this, if this is really the impetus of all that's going on in Houston. My opinion on this is the following. Roughly half of the people in the country are Republicans and roughly half of them are Democrats, right? Do you think that maybe somewhere out there is a employee who is a Republican whose boss is a Democrat and they don't agree with the politics, but you're not really hearing you know, that side of things. So to me, it's like, if you're a professional, whatever field you happen to be in, whether it's James or Russ or whomever, if somebody's paying you a salary, you just owe it to them to give it your best effort. And if you have the leverage to, you know, to, to either walk out of your job and go across the street and walk some and work somewhere else, or the ability to get yourself traded, the team shouldn't trade you unless they feel they're getting proper value in return for you. So to me, it's really just a matter of be a pro, give it your all, you know, all the fans out there aren't necessarily agreeing with the owner's, you know, politics. So, you know, that's kind of how I, you know, I'm kind of agnostic on this one, you know, just go out there and work. Yeah, I get it. I, I, and I essentially agree with both of you, but I also want to be mindful not to oversimplify what I imagine is at the root of this, and it is the stance that our former administration has taken in regards to particularly Black people, but marginalized people. So would this be my method? No. But I think part of this conversation is understanding one another's methods, whether we agree or not. The reports as of draft day were that the Rockets were willing to deal with some tension. 
they were not going to settle for a deal just for the sake of. And so this could get interesting if this story gets bigger. It may or it may not, but I don't know if this is a union kind of deal because I don't think that the NBA as a league would say fundamentally, hey, we're going to honor this because the owner is a supporter of either side of the fence, like you said, Bruce. But we don't want to get caught in the weeds on that. I, I'm with you, King. Like, if somebody put that much money in front of me, what happened there? Like, I'd have to think really hard. <laughs> I'd have to think that now. Uh, if, though, if there's a world in which Harden ends up in Brooklyn with Katie and Kyrie, do you see it working, King? No. Because um, uh, you have two ball handlers and one basketball. So, with that being said, how is that going to work? I have no idea. That's why you have Steve Nash as your point guard. And if you really want to get technical... Your head coach, not your point guard. I mean, man, I mean, you... Yeah, I'm so used to saying point guard. <laughs> Here's your point Late. coach. <laughs> it's like a power yeah. guard. It's like a point coach. Uh, uh. <laughs> Technically, if you ask Kyrie, there there really is no coach. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's uh he's a little different. Um, but I don't see it working just because um James loves the ball, Kyrie loves the ball. Um no, and honestly, offensively, they'll probably be pretty hard to stop. But defensively, uh, they're not stopping me and you, Monica. So uh, <laughs> I, get I don't know what that meant. <laughs> I mean, hey, we get buckets. Then they're not stopping us. So honestly, I I don't see it working. I think that's a terrible fit. 76ers, yes, get rid of Ben Simmons because he's not the answer. Not the answer. Uh, that would be a much better answer. Um, James Harden and Ben Simmons any day for sure. Okay. I think Houston would take. I think Houston would be happy to take Ben Simmons back if they if they traded uh, James Harden. I agree with you. I think I think Kyrie would would have like the the biggest butt hurt of anybody in the NBA if that happened because KD can play with anybody, right? His skill set is complementary yeah. as much of a superstar as he is. He's like he's he's glue, right? He'll make anything work. But I don't know that Kyrie's ego could ever handle that one. I think you'd have team turmoil there. Mm, I agree. Mm. I'm so excited to see what really happens as we enter free agency and all the prospects are finding out where they're going to land in the draft. Um, I'm trying to think any other major headlines. The draft, there's not been a bunch of trades flying all around that are super noteworthy. A couple teams have made some moves in this year's draft, but nothing too, too crazy. Interesting that neither the Lakers or the Clippers had a first round pick this year. So, you know, they're gonna basically have to build their team with with changes. And I heard that the Clippers might be trading Landry Shamit somewhere. I forget oh, where he's going. Yeah, he's nice. Hey Bruce, I'm looking over this uh, this draft, and the Celtics selected Peyton Pritchard in the first round. That might be a shock. Wow, I think he's good, but wow, first round. It's somebody. I, uh, wow, best Caucasian player on the board. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Can I say that? Yeah, don't edit that out at all. <laughs> uh, I'm not familiar. That's Pac-12, but King um, looking at it like it's super crazy. 
Like, I mean, he's talented. Like, he's really good. He's like, I, we played him at Baylor every single year. He's really good. But first round number 26, no offense to Peyton Pritchard. Because, like, I mean, me and him are cool. But, like, I'm a little shocked. But you know what else I'm shocked to see? Um, Nico Mannion. I, I, is Nico Mannion, did he go back to school? No, I, he was in the future that ESPN did about sons and dads that have been drafted. I'm pretty sure he was in. Nico Mannion is at one time projected a top 10 pick. Let's find and right him. now, Nico, Nico Mannion is not anywhere in the first round. Him or Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain is projected lottery pick too. Neither one of those guys are in the first round. Nico kind of shocking. The, he's still available. He just came across the thing and the best available. Wow. I'm a little disappointed with the with the Celtics situation. I mean, I like I like uh, Aaron Neesmith because they need shooters, and he's a 52% shooter from three-point range. But I felt like they needed to package some of that stuff and either go higher or – I mean, this, this, this Peyton Pritchard looks like G League written all over him, you know. Maybe that's what they want, you know. I don't know. That's aggressive, Bruce. But yeah. I have a fun little stat. Wait a minute. Let me find it. I made sure to save it because I thought this was a great point. Fran Fraschilla tweeted this out. He said 77 undrafted players played in 20-plus NBA games last season. So, guys, the draft is not the end-all, be-all. And just because – we don't necessarily recognize some of these guys. It may not be this season that they come to fruition, but they could be seeds being buried waiting to bloom. You know what? The more I think about this, Bruce, I honestly think that Paige Pritchard might not be a bad backup point guard. See? Okay. Okay. Blooming. Okay. The more, the more, the more, I, the more I think about this, because he's, He's older. He's more mature. He's, he's like yeah. 22, 23. Um, he's solid. He, do, he does what he's supposed to do. Doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, he could play some spot-up backup minutes um, for Kimba. Because I, I heard Wanamaker might be out. Um, yeah. They, they might yeah. want to pick up the option. So he – the more I think about, like, Sadiq Bay, I don't really – maybe backup too. Like, maybe. But yeah. I'm not Sadiq Bay. Uh, Aaron Neesmith. But maybe backup too. But Peyton Pritchard is probably not a bad backup point guard. The more I think about it, this kind of sort of makes sense. Surprised they took him first round though. But that might not be a bad bad pick. Speaking Can he of guard? Can he play D? Oh, that's 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 the question. That's uh, based on our scouting report. We we used to attack him, but he wasn't a bad defender. He wasn't a bad defender. Okay. He wasn't terrible. Right. Like you know, but it's okay. so. Hmm. Okay. It's, not, it's not a bad pick. King King's King's such a nice guy, isn't he? Right, right. He doesn't want he doesn't want to say it. We used to attack. Um. All right, King. I uh, I know that some of these guys are your peers, your Texas homeboys. Anybody that got drafted in the first round that you'd like to give a quick shout out to? Because I gotta wind this thing down. I'm in my bonnet and my PJs. I know I got an early call in the morning. <laughs> Man, shout out to my two young boys from Dallas, R.J. Hampton. My man got picked at number 24 by New Orleans, but he getting traded to Denver. Also, shout out to Tyrese Maxey. Got picked number 21 by Philadelphia. 
both of them are like little brothers to me. Uh, RJ's dad used to work in my high school. Uh, Tyree's dad was actually about to coach my high school. Um, so shout out to them too. I've seen them grow from like sixth grade to NBA players and proud of the young men that they are becoming. That is so beautiful and well said. That was dope. Okay, folks. It's time to wrap it up. Thanks to Bruce Bernstein for producing and talking NBA Draft with us. Bruce, you always hold it down, being a fantastic co-host. Our editor, Tom Phillip, is a superstar. He does great work. Thanks, Tom. Don't forget our other shows. The Mike Wise Show drops each Monday with amazing guests. Full Court Press with Jenny Fisher has Kentucky's All-American Ryan Howard this week. And we've got some exciting news coming up about that show, so stay tuned. Trust me, stay tuned. Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Otto and Aaron have a brand new show each Wednesday. BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman have the Pure Hoops podcast every Friday. And the incredible, tired, sleepy, bonnet on Monica McNutt rejoins me next Thursday with Buckets, Boyds, and Blocks from Pure Hoops Media. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. Finally, look, y'all, in America, in the United States of America, we have passed 250,000 deaths due to COVID-19. It is still raging through our country. Health officials have used the word unrelenting. It's not a good sign. So do your part. Wash your hands. Stay in the house if you got to be out six feet apart and definitely have your mask on. This is not even a conversation at this point. This is just where we are. Do those things. Please be mindful to treat everyone around you as considerately as possible. Treat them like a friend or family. Pray for our medical professionals and our frontline workers, uh, teachers, folks that literally pick crops, prepare foods, all the things that are keeping our society going. Those are all frontline people and they deserve your extra thoughts and prayers. Please keep working toward a more inclusive and just society for all. And now that the election is behind us, Let's hope that we can move forward with a peaceful transition and begin to heal as a country. The season is getting closer. If you wear your mask, stay in the house and maintain your distance, then us as Hoops fans will get basketball and we'll get through a season, hopefully. So, as we approach college basketball and the return of the NBA, wherever you can find them, until then, enjoy your hoop. Buckets, Boards and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.